This is VOJ Ellis from AnimeMotivation.com and I'm going to talk about underrated anime shows, basically. And there's a lot of underrated anime shows. I mean, everybody can relate in some way, shape or form about, you know, having those anime shows that you love, you know, regardless of the genre, regardless of how old it is or new it is. And for whatever reason, not many people are mentioning it, not many people are talking about it shouting it out, talking about it on social media. It doesn't get as much coverage because, you know, it doesn't get as much clicks because, you know, that's just kind of how certain websites and whatever work. You know, they only talk about the most mainstream stuff, which makes sense, obviously. But yeah, let's talk about some underrated anime shows, at least from my point of view. So the first one I'll start with is Kokoro Connect. Produced by Silverlink Studios, same studio as Nonon Biore. Kokoro Connect was one of the, I mean, it's probably one of my first 20, 30, 40 anime shows, I guess. Somewhere around there that I watched. When I first started getting back into anime in um, 2014-ish. And it's about, well, basically it's about this guy who's being controlled by an alien and... The four main characters, you know, other than this person, other than the alien guy, they're all being put through trials and tribulations, we'll say. You know, the force to, like, live a certain way, deal with certain circumstances, just to entertain the guy. I mean, he is basically the antagonist, if you want to look at it like that. And even though it's not a psychological series, there's a whole lot of psychological elements, you know, within Cockroach Connect. So, like, for example, when it first starts out, in one of the, you know, first, we'll say, 10 episodes-ish, there's a scene where the four main characters, out of the blue, they'll get this insatiable desire to do the thing that they want to do at that moment. So, for example, one of the one of the female characters at that moment wants to have sex with one of the other main characters. And obviously it wears out after like, you know, 30 seconds or whatever the time frame is. And I mean, the anime is not really, it's not really obscene or anything like that, but it's just one of the elements, like I'll say, you know, one of the psychological elements, because obviously that thing, you know, where their desires are just brought out of them at that, at random times, that kind of plays with the head a little bit, as you'd expect. Like imagine if you wanted to, Let's say you wanted to, at that moment, because you was angry, beat someone up. And all of a sudden, that desire is activated inside you like a like a button almost. And you actually do it and carry it out without even thinking or anything. I mean, that's the kind of thing the characters are going through. They're going through all these kinds of situations. And obviously, they're all friends with each other. And these situations make them, you know, fight each other, argue. At some point, you know, it, get, it, gets, it gets a little crazier down the line and... There's a lot of drama and I just I just think it's an underrated series because I mean the ratings them, themselves if you want to go off ratings which I don't really believe in too much but if you want to go off ratings the ratings are pretty good and they're pretty decent but I feel like it's not mentioned these days as a great anime or a great you know school romance that type of anime it's not really mentioned it's not really you don't really see it in lists too much but it's a really, really good show. I mean, it makes you think about what's happening and it helps you to relate it to, you know, your own life. 
makes you think about what you do in that situation, how you deal with it, how it may or may not ruin your own friendships, relationships, and just the whole dynamic of um, having your life being altered in certain ways at random and being forced to deal with it. I mean, in a way, it's kind of a reflection of adversity. That's pretty much what all the characters are going through, you know, a lot of adversity and they don't know how to deal with it. Well, some of them, some of them deal with it better than others and so on and so forth. But yeah, it's a really, really underrated show. One of my favorites, actually, one of my absolute favorites, you know, definitely check that out. Cockroach Connect produced by Silverlink Studios. I think it's about 17 episodes ish officially. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's really, it's really deep. It's deeper than it actually looks. It's deeper than most comparable shows that you can compare it to. And like I said, especially because it's not a psychological series by genre, you'd be surprised when you actually see the content and you go through the episodes and everything. And that's what makes all these adversities and everything that's going on in that moment, you know, during the episodes and whatnot. That's what makes everything come together. And that's what makes it all so special and interesting and curious and deep, you know, and thought provoking. Next up, I'll mention Hina Matsuri. So Hina Matsuri was released in 2018. That was the year Darling in the Franks was released and also, oh yeah, and Goblin Slayer was released in 2018. But Hina Matsuri released in 2018. It's about 12 episodes long. It's basically about two girls. One girl is laid back, chilled, easygoing. She has a lot more privileges than the other character. So the character I'm talking about right now is Hina. You know, that's what, kind of what the anime is based off, Hina Matsuri, and she's called Hina. And then the other character, Anzu, she's basically, you know, the, the way the the way the anime kind of runs the story is she ends up homeless, and obviously the anime portrays the homelessness that she goes through and the people that she meets who are homeless, like, you know, older people, much older than her, because she's only a teenager at best. And it just highlights the brutal lifestyle and the experiences that homeless people you know deal with on a daily basis the judgment the prejudice how people look at you how people treat you how you feel but what's so crazy is despite all this happening within the show the homeless people are really kind and they they teach Anzu no matter what happens you know always be kind like no matter how they treat you and they teach us some really good morals you know despite how hard life is at that moment and during those episodes when, you know, Anzu's homeless and whatnot. And before that, she's obviously stealing, you know, stealing money, stealing food, doing what she can do to survive. It's a pretty emotional series, but what I like about Hidematsuri, it's an underrated anime, but what I love about Hidematsuri is the balance. So like I said, you have Hina, who's more laid back, chill. She kind of adds, you know, the comedy, to the series makes things funny makes things hilarious all that kind of stuff right and then anzu on the other hand makes the series more emotional more meaningful more you know purposeful and uh, she just gives this balance to the comedy and what what's amazing about it is hinamatsuri is one of those anime where it's able to do those two things simultaneously without actually collapsing on itself and imploding on itself and a lot of anime when they try to do too many things at once and try to cater to too many you know, elements at once, they always end up being mediocre because nothing's really interesting. But Hina Matsuri somehow strikes that balance very well. It does both of those things, 
but it does them both really, really, really well. And that's what makes it special. That's what makes it different. That's what gets you invested into the characters, into the story, into what's happening. And it does it in such a way where, you know, the comedy is done at the right time, at the right moment. And the emotional side, the deeper side is done at the right time, at the right moment. It's not just thrown in there at random to the point where you're like, what the fuck is even going on right now? Like, it's not it's not that kind of execution what's going on. The way they execute it is so on point. And you just really got to watch it to understand. I mean, Hina Matsuri, what could I compare it to? Hina Matsuri, well, it's a slice of life, a comedy. I suppose you could compare it to something like Violet Evergarden, but only slightly because Violet Evergarden is obviously more focused on emotional stories just generally speaking and not comedy so but it does have some similarities there if you like Violet Evergarden if you like Toradora stuff like that you'll love Hina Matsuri check that out next up I'll mention Kino's Travels Kino's Travels The Beautiful World that's the full title and when I talk about Kino's Travels I'm talking about the original anime that was made in the early 2000s and the reason why I say that is because a new one was made a few years back and that seems to be the replacement like when you google it and stuff that one will come up more than Kino's Travels that one's called Kino's Journey but that's another story in itself so Kino's Travels is basically about Kino he travels the world on a motorbike a motorbike that talks by the way and she stays in each city each village you know each town for at least three days and then after three days she leaves and you know goes to the next town and she just kind of keeps that up as a lifestyle. I mean, that's her lifestyle. She just travels all over the place, stays there for three days, learns about the culture, learns about the people, and does as much as she can to enjoy her time while she's there. I mean, that's kind of the theme of Kino's travels for 12 episodes. And, and to me, there are a few anime that tell stories as well as Kino's travels does. I mean, Kino's travels is something else. The storytelling, the way it's done, and the execution of it, and you know what you get to learn as Kino travels town to town, you're essentially looking at the world through Kino's eyes and experiencing everything that she's experiencing as she travels to all these different places, each with its own set of laws, culture, rules, ethics, and just all kinds of things that make up you know humans essentially like the way we live it's different depending on where you go right i mean you get all of that kind of stuff and um you get to see it from the perspectives of the different people that kino meets in each town in each city in each country and so on that keeps the plot fresh it keeps you interested and you know it makes you more curious and just gets you invested into the story because everything's so new and fresh and different and you know everything's evolving as you're watching it it's really special. It's really, really something else. It's also one of my absolute favorite shows of all time. Probably top 10 if I had to, you know, boil it down. It's a really, really good show and nobody really talks about it these days. And I mean, it's not even just these days. Even five years ago, nobody was really talking about Kino's Travels. That's probably why they kind of made a remake. But yeah, it's a really, really good show. If you like traveling and seeing new places, new locations and you know, culture and meeting people and all those kinds of things. And, you know, you like to think about things, think about what you're watching. You love shows that are thought provoking. Then Kino's Travels is really going to be that show. 
it's just something that's not been done before in terms of how the story plays out and what it focuses on and you know the main plot in general and then there's land of the lustrous made back in 2018 i'm not sure who the studio is but land of the lustrous now that is an anime that's underrated criminally underrated i mean that's another anime that most people don't seem to you know rant and rave about and it's overshadowed which is always the case with underrated shows you know by the shonen the dragon ball z the my hero academia the black clover the you know all these kind of shows that are at the forefront but land of the lustrous is one thing about this anime is the animation quality is just unbelievable it's one of the most beautiful beautiful shows i've watched it's absolutely gorgeous the characters the designs the lighting the colors i mean every single character within that show especially the main characters absolutely gorgeous nothing like it there's nothing like it i mean violet evergarden looks good if you know of that show but land of the lustrous that has its own flair its own style its own it's, it's just it has its own lane when it comes to the art style and the animation and all that kind of stuff and then obviously the story itself i mean you get your comedy here and there and you know, with the main character, Foss, who's basically, you know, she's a wild child or whatever you want to call it. She's a bit of a rebel, like myself, actually. Um, she's always getting into trouble because she wants to do what she wants to do. And she's, you know, she's, she's a curious person. She's active, energetic. And compared to the other characters, mostly because of their situation and their circumstances, she's optimistic. So optimistic that it's sickening. I mean, that's the kind of level of optimism that she has. And that's what makes her such a good character, you know, such a good main character who leads and, you know, entertains from start to finish. I'm not going to get too deep into the story, but all I will say is check it out if you're into mysterious types, types of anime shows, you know, stuff like if you watch Hellgirl, that has some mystery to it. If you like Mushishi, that has some mystery to it. If you're into shows like that, you'll like uh, Land of the Lustrous. There's a lot of mystery, a lot of elements that will make you think about what's going on and make you curious and make you question what is even happening and kind of piecing things together. Like, that's the kind of anime that it is. So definitely check that out. Next up is I Can Make a Kill. You've probably heard of this anime because, I mean, it's extremely popular. So then why am I recommending it if it's extremely popular? Well, I Can Make a Kill is one of those anime where even though it's, you know, extremely popular like i said i feel like people underrate it because because of the content basically like like the content some people think the content is extreme because it is a really 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 brutal violent vile savage kind of anime show you know the kind where certain episodes and certain fight scenes and action you you kind of think well that was over the top and that kind of thing but I don't look at it that way, obviously, because it's one of my favorite shows and I just don't feel like it gets the credit it deserves. You know, some popular shows are like that. Sometimes they're popular, but they don't get the credit that they deserve. And Akamega Kill is one of them. So the anime's story is basically, you know, the government is a bastard, a communist, that kind of person, like really, really communist. Um, heavy taxes on villages, heavy taxes on towns and cities and anybody who you know, tries to fight back, is beheaded in the middle of the street to make an example of them. 
the prime minister is basically higher than behind a child emperor who he made the emperor so he can make decisions on the child emperor's behalf and obviously manipulate him because he's young enough to be manipulated and he's impressionable and yeah he's just a scumbag i mean that's basically it the prime minister who's actually called minister is it minister honest which is funny he's called honest even though he's anything but honest so that's the underbelly of the anime and obviously there's a group called night raid which is an assassination group that was created for the purpose of destroying the system destroying the capital tearing down the government and basically starting a revolution so they can create a new world in its place the purpose of the characters and what they're all fighting for it's a really really meaningful show if you actually pay attention to the details and what's actually going on and you know aside from the extreme violence which makes sense when you think about what kind of anime it is like i said you know you have a communist government communists on a level that only anime can create nobody can really live or survive nobody can even have a life basically everybody is a literal slave and all it takes is to open your mouth and say i don't like this or i'm not happy with this and that's it you get beheaded your, your arms get chopped off like it's it's a pretty grim series it's a pretty pretty grim series but it's meaningful like i said and there's a lot to take from it that you can apply to life that you can relate to life you know there's a lot of life lessons in there in the kamika kill especially with each main character like you have a kame which is obviously one of the main characters and she has a really dark past then there's tatsumi who has his own past you know from a poor village so on and so forth and then there's mine who when she was growing up because she has half foreign blood in her you know she was subjected to racism and after walking away from this kind of anime you'll have a new appreciation for shonen in particular shonen action supernatural fantasy types of series like anime in those genres especially shonen action fantasy you have a new appreciation and that's because in most shonen there's one thing that's common and that is the main characters are always saved by some bullshit the main character is always saved by some you know unexplainable mysterious nonsense that you know saves them from dying or or something along those lines i mean that's kind of the typical thing in shonen and that's not necessarily a bad thing i mean i love you know i love shows that have that element you know dragon ball z um mario academia whatever i i know a lot of shows that are like that and i like some of them but i can't make a kill is fresh in that way because when somebody dies in a kamika kill they die like real life i mean it's realistic if somebody dies then they die and that's the element that's powerful because like i said it's realistic it's relatable it's true to life and that's what makes it more you know more depressing in some ways makes it sad but it also makes it honest and you know gives a sense of realism that most or no shonen anime can even speak of for the most part anyway that's what i love about a kamika kill and that's the elements that i feel is underrated in the show which is ignored and overshadowed by its extreme violence even though that kind of ties into everything that happens in the show so yeah definitely check out a kamika kill produced by white fox same studio as re-zero and steins gate now i'm gonna get into a show called yormungand it's an anime about the arms dealing business which is basically selling guns you know to corrupt politicians corrupt countries warlords people in the underground or in the underworld i should say 
the main character who's a millionaire, Coco Hetmatia. You know, she's the lead character in the show. Wherever she goes, she has bodyguards to protect her. She travels all over the world. And that's one thing that's good about Yomangan, actually, is the travel element. It's kind of like Kino's travels in that way, but obviously not the same. So, obviously, she's in the she's in the business of selling guns to anyone and everyone, no matter how dirty, how immoral, how unethical. It doesn't really matter. I mean, it's a dirty business to begin with. And she travels all over the world, so you get to see different cultures, you know, different faces, races, and... It's pretty diverse when it comes to characters and representation. You know, you have Asians, you have blacks, you have, you know, Europeans and Americans and all kinds of stuff. Like you get to see all kinds of different aspects when it comes to cultures and people. But what I love most about this anime is everything that you're seeing within the anime is a realistic representation of what happens in real life itself. A lot of what you see in the anime is actually based on you know, things that actually happen in real life as far as how the gun business works, you know, arms dealing, you know, the potential dangers that you face, the people who are trying to take you down. I mean, it goes real, real deep into the whole thing of arms dealing. And it's a true reflection of real life. I mean, obviously, it's not going to be a reflection down to the T. It's not going to be 100%, but it's close enough and when you actually compare what's happening in the anime and you listen to certain parts and, you know, certain things that's being said, and you actually Google that stuff and you learn about it, it's kind of like, Ras, that's actually true. That's actually how it goes. You know, you kind of learn new things just by watching. And obviously it is a kind of dark-ish thing to learn, especially, you know, when you when you look at certain elements of Yomangan itself and what happens in the anime. But, you know, Life is both light and dark. Not everything is pretty. Not everything is not everything is roses and daisies and all that kind of stuff. You know, some things are a little dark and a little ugly. And Yomagan is exactly that. But it's true to form and it's true to life and it tells it like it is and it gives it to you straight. And that's what I personally love about it. And I think more people need to watch Yomagan. It's I think it's overshadowed by Black Lagoon. Black Lagoon is like the more popular version, basically. Obviously, Black Lagoon is different. It's not about arms dealing, but I feel like Black Lagoon is the most similar show to Yomangan, but more people know Black Lagoon compared to Yomangan, which is why it's an underrated series. It's also produced by White Fox, just like Akami Kill and Steins Gate. Next up is Beautiful Bones. I love the name too. I love the title. I love anime with good titles. And Beautiful Bones is one of those anime. I mean, when you hear Beautiful Bones, you think, Beautiful Bones? bones beautiful you know you kind of think that and the anime is really about a woman who is in the business of you know studying bones i forget what the exact term is but that's what she does then obviously there's a main character who helps with that and they kind of work together and you know they go on they go treasure hunting they look for bones they look for clues Depends on the situation. So if it's a murder case, obviously they're going to find the bones of the person. They're going to study it. They're going to get information and research and put the pieces to the puzzle together. It has a lot of mystery to it and a lot of, you know, detective work. And and it gets you thinking about what's happening again. You know, it's another thought-provoking series, which I feel isn't mentioned enough. Beautiful Bones, really, really good anime. 
And if you're the type of fan that likes to learn about what you're watching, not what I should say is, if you're the type of fan who wants to learn while you're watching and not just be entertained, you want to be educated as well, then Beautiful Bones is that anime. You're going to learn, you're going to be entertained. Obviously, you're going to learn about Bones and you're going to learn things about Bones that you never even knew, information that you wouldn't even think of Googling or going out of your way to find out. But when you hear about it and you and it breaks down the facts for you, you kind of like, you know, you, you'll be blown away by it and you'll be interested, intrigued, and you'll make you more curious, maybe, about it. So definitely check that off your list, Beautiful Bones. The Disastrous Life of Psyche K. One of the best comedies I've ever watched in my life. Not just anime, but since we're talking about anime, I mean, it's, it's definitely one of my top-rated comedy shows. It's a comedy, it's a slice of life. I mean, that's kind of the main genre of the disastrous life of Psyche K. It's about a psychic, you know, a teenage psychic who, he's an introvert. He wants to be left alone. He wants to do his own thing. He wants to not be bothered by everybody, you know, every five minutes. He's just like a normal person, basically, but with psychic powers. And obviously it doesn't work out that way. You know, when he goes to school, you know, everybody's drawn to him for some reason. And he uses his psychic powers to kind of speak to people telepathically so throughout the whole series psyche k or, or should i say kuso psyche he never speaks through his lips like his, his lips never move he never uses his mouth to talk he just kind of speaks telepathically all the time he's gotten so used to that so that's kind of how the anime goes so every time he's talking you'll never see his mouth move or anything one of the biggest highlights for me in psyche k is the fact that it's able to pull off so much comedy great comedy without relying on typical fan service, being obscene, showing too much perversion and like all these little tricks that you see anime do every now and then. Like when you watch comedy shows, you'll notice that some anime will go out of the way to just do dumb shit basically. So it'll go out of its way to shove fan service down your throat and at the most random moment in an episode when something unrelated is happening, they'll throw in some fan service or the boy will trip over and fall on the girl and you know all that kind of stuff psyche k mocks that it makes fun of it it makes an absolute laughing stock out of all these cliches that you see in so many comedy shows and then it turns it into art that's what psyche k does it takes cliches it makes fun of it it's a very self-aware show and it turns it into art and it does it without being obscene it, it does it without being cliche it does it without being like hundreds of other comedy shows and it does it without compromising on the quality of the series. I mean, Psyche K, for the most part, you can watch with anybody, really. I mean, there are some parts where it'll kind of take a stupid cliche and make fun of it and be a little subtle with it, you know, without going, without actually going there. But you can, for the most part, you can watch with anybody. And that's what I love about it, that it manages to pack all that quality in it without going the typical route or throwing in the typical cliches and the typical tropes and all this other stuff, and instead, it takes a backseat, looks at all that stuff, you know, makes fun of it, it'll include it in the show, but it won't do it in the way that you expect it to happen. And that's kind of the creativity that I love about Psyche K. It's, a, it's just a really creative show with the comedy. Like, if, if you pay attention to all the details and the, the subtleties, it's really, really creative, it's really different. If you was to compare it to a different anime, then it would be Gintama. 
Gintama uses fan service and obviously it uses fan service in context and fan service works. I mean, I don't really have a problem with fan service. It works as long as it's in context, as long as it makes sense. And Gintama seems to do that well, but that's probably the closest show I'd compare Psyche K to. But it's just a different breed in itself because it's so clean and so creative in the way that it delivers the comedy without actually going there and stepping past that line and doing the kind of things you'd expect it to do. It's a work of art and all I gotta say is I recommend it and you just gotta watch it. Next up is Orange. Not the most creative name, not the most complex name, but it's simple enough, right? Orange. So Orange doesn't obviously, doesn't give you any hints to what kind of anime it is, but it's actually a shoujo. And something I realized recently actually is a lot of shoujo are actually good really good some of my favorite anime when i say favorite i'm talking about top 10 top 20 top 30 type of favorites some of them are actually shoujo they're really good but anyway orange so orange without going into too much detail it explores depression suicide you know negative thoughts beating yourself up wanting to kill yourself and you know the extremes it, it explores the extremes. I mean, that's really all I can say. It explores the extreme sides of, you know, having low self-esteem, the things you want to do to yourself, self-harm, how you feel, and, you know, pushing your friends away because you feel like they don't understand or they don't care because, you know, you hate yourself. So, naturally, you're going to think everybody else either hates you or they just don't care and they don't understand and they can't relate. And you push people away and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I mean, Orange goes into all that and more. It's a really, really deep show. For me personally, when I watched it, it really hit me with the, you know, with the suicide themes and and just the self-harm and everything the main character is going through after the first episode, which I'm not going to get into. I'll let you watch it for yourself. I don't want to spoil it because it is a short series, but... To me, Orange is, Orange is something else. I don't know why nobody talks about it. I don't know why not as many people talk about it. I don't know why it's not one of those shoujo that people seem to mention. I mean, for the people that do love it, they really love it. And I'm one of them. There is some romance in Orange. In fact, that's one of the main themes as well. Romance is actually what ties everything together. There's also an element of the present and the past no no the present and the future i should say so one of their future selves sends them a letter about this that and the other and um that's kind of what starts the story obviously not everybody's aware of this letter but that ties into the whole suicide self-hate depression and self-harm and all those kinds of topics that make the anime so thoughtful meaningful and more importantly, relatable for people who have gone through that and know what that kind of thing is like. Or if you know somebody, you know, if you know people, your friends or whatever, who have, who are going through it or have gone through it, then you're going to relate to this series a lot. It really is going to hit you in the feels and it's, you know, it's going to, it's going to hit you in the heart. I mean, that's the kind of anime that it is. And that's what it intends to be right from the get go. It doesn't pretend it doesn't try to be something else. It doesn't just cover things up in the first few episodes and then kind of throw it all on you out of the blue it's not that kind of anime i mean it's pretty straightforward from the 
beginning and it lets you know what's going to happen and what and where it's going to go. And since we're talking about shoujo's, I'm going to mention another one that's underrated. And that show is called Nana. I mean, it's that simple. Just like Orange, it's a simple name, Nana. Doesn't really tell you much, right? But one hint is the two main female characters are both called Nana. One's called Nana Osaki and one's called Nana Komatsu. Nana Komatsu is... How can I describe Nana Komatsu? She's jolly, funny, you know, silly. She's the kind of girl who's optimistic, you know, a fool for love, a real romantic. And most of all, she's very sensitive. That's the kind of character Nana Komatsu is. I mean, she's a really good character. I feel like she's a really good character. I mean, everybody has their own different opinions on on the show and the, the characters, but I feel like Nana Komatsu really makes the show. And then there's Nana Osaki, which is the other half of the show. And she is more edgy, dark, introverted, outspoken, chasing her dreams, doesn't care what people think about her. She'll do whatever it takes to succeed. Like she's kind of she's kind of that character in the anime, and both obviously Nana Komatsu and Nana Osaki, they both balance each other out. They balance each other out pretty well because obviously their personalities are different, but they get on so well and they bring different elements to the show, especially in terms of romance and stuff like that. One of the strongest themes of the show, you know, other than the romance, is sex. I mean, that's a really really big part of the show. It's really about being young, you know, being in your early 20s or even 18 19 years old like living your life trying to find yourself and trying to make your dreams come true then like all this other stuff comes in the way relationships bad relationships like all these kind of mistakes that you make you know attaching yourself to attaching your self-esteem to sex and relationships and everything that kind of revolves around that I mean, Nana really goes into all that kind of stuff. It's really a, it's really a highlight of what it's like to be young and living your life and trying to figure things out and being a little insecure, but finding ways to deal with it and just pressing on, pushing forward and doing whatever it takes and doing what you can to live your life and be happy, which is what we all want, right? Nana portrays that and highlights that really well. Unlike any other anime that I've ever watched, especially not a romance. I mean, it does it so well. It's just within its own lane when it comes to that. And you've got to watch it if you're, you know, if maybe because maybe because you're 20 years old or you're 18, 19 or you're in your, you know, mid 20s or whatever. And obviously you can relate to that in some way, either because you've been through it or you know someone who's been through it or you're just curious and you want to watch something new. I mean, Nana is a solid, solid, solid show. Again, one of my favorites. I'd call it one of my top, you know, I put it in my top day. Let's put it that way. It's a really solid series. And again, it's a shoujo. It's a shoujo, romance, slice of life. It's produced by Madhouse, if you're aware of that studio. They make a lot of great anime, like Death Note, One Punch Man, Monster, and so on. None are so realistic and relatable. And they just don't make anime like that these days. I mean, I've got to be honest. Sticking to the topic of shoujo, I'm now going to get into Skip Beat. And that's something that I watched. Did I watch it this year? I think I watched it this year or late last year. But Skip Beat, I think that was made in maybe, we'll call it 2011, 12, 13, somewhere around there. Skip Beat is an anime I relate to personally. Like the main character, Kyoko Mogami, you know, she's in a relationship with someone. She's basically 
doing everything for this person. She's doing everything for this guy. She's the kind of person who, you know, does whatever the guy tells her to do and she'd do everything that, in fact, never mind a guy, she'd do anything you tell her to do. That's the kind of person she is in the beginning of the series. You know, she kind of trying to please everybody all the time. That's the kind of person she's molded into being growing up because of her childhood. And then it comes to a point where she overhears her boyfriend saying certain things about her. She feels betrayed and he happens to be in show business. And so she goes into show business to get revenge on the way that he's treated her all that time, all those years, you know, those months, whatever. Because at a point before he was successful in show business, you know, her boyfriend, he was living off Kyoko's hard work. Like she was doing everything for him. She was working two jobs. I think it was two jobs. She's working two jobs. She's putting all the money into, you know, his kind of dream, basically. She's paying his rent. She's paying for his food. She's doing everything. She's doing everything for him. And then he just turns around and says, you know what? Fuck you. I don't care. I've been taking advantage of you this whole time. I've been using you to help me get to a level where I'm going to be, you know, happy and take care of myself. And I'm just going to throw you to the side like you're a piece of shit and, you know, walk away. I mean, that's the kind of theme that we're dealing with in Skip Beat. Kyoko Mogami's desire to get revenge is the driving force of how the anime plays out, where it goes, where it leads. And basically how it starts off, you know, once she finds out that she's been betrayed and how her boyfriend really feels about her and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's really powerful, really powerful show. There's no... There's no unnecessary fan service or unnecessary shots and unnecessary, you know, just episodes or filler or tropes and cliches. There's really none of that. It's really just an anime that focuses on quality. It stays on point. It stays on topic. It doesn't sway or forget about the story that it's trying to tell you, you know, from Kyoko's point of view and whatnot. And because obviously Kyoko Mogami is so motivated by revenge, that ends up leading, leading to opportunities that she would have never had ends up leading to her discovering herself finding more about herself you know finding out more about herself and learning that actually she's actually worth more than she was made to believe and the passion and determination and drive and persistence will definitely have an impact on you just watching the show especially if you can relate in fact even if you can't relate you're still going to take something from skip beat because the themes and just the main character and how she is and how she behaves and the people that she meets and the friends that she starts, you know, getting through showbiz and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's just something you don't see these days with anime. I mean, that point of time, 2012, 2013, I feel like that was the last time that we seen not just shoujo anime that looked like Skip Beat or felt like Skip Beat. It feels like one of the last times that we had animation of that style and just all kinds of things that I'm not going to really get into. I'll let you, I'll let you figure out for yourself once you watch it and you know, you see it for yourself, but it's definitely an underrated show. I only watched Skip Beat because I got curious. You know, I kind of looked at my watch list, which I have hundreds of anime on there and I thought, you know what? I'm going to watch Skip Beat and yeah, here we are today. That's kind of how it went. A place further than the universe. That's the next underrated anime that I've got to mention. And this one's a strange one because A Place Further Than Universe is a well-received show, but it's just not that popular. Really. It's just not that popular. 
but it's well received. Kind of like Skip Beat, to be honest. Skip Beat's a well received show, but it's just not that popular either. A Place Fair in the Universe is about a girl who wants to travel to Antarctica. I mean, that's the longest shot of it. Obviously, there's more to it than that, but I'll let you see it for yourself. And you get a lot of life lessons from a place further than the universe, you know, about traveling, doing the things that you want to do, not holding back, going for it. And, you know, not overthinking your choices and overthinking the things that you want to do in your life, that you believe in, that you're called to do, if that's how you look at it, and just doing it. The journey element of A Place Further Than the Universe is also one of its strongest you know, one of his strongest highlights, just going on a journey, not knowing what's going to happen, not knowing what's around the corner, not knowing if things are even going to go the way you want them to go. Like all this kind of the unknown. Like if you're an entrepreneur, you'll know what I'm talking about. If your mind is wired that way in general, you know what I'm talking about. But yeah, the journey element and not knowing what's going to happen, but believing in yourself enough to take that step. It's things like that that really sell the show and get you wrapped up in the characters and just everything that's happening, again, it's relatable. And that's what makes it great. And it's not cliche at all. I mean, it's one of those shows that, you know, it's just focused purely on quality. And of course, it looks really good too. I'm not going to lie. The designs are really good. It's made by Madhouse, just like Nana, the other anime that I mentioned. And the last show that I'm going to mention is Guardian of the Sacred Spirit. So this is a show I probably watched in 2018 or 2019 whatever the year. Guardian of the Sacred Spirit is simply about a woman who's a bodyguard. She's also a trained spearsman or spearswoman. It's her job to protect the prince because his own people are trying to kill him. Like his own people, the prince's own people are trying to kill him and get rid of him because they think by killing him, it's going to save the world. You know, it's going to protect them and all that other stuff, which you'll obviously see when you start watching it. The main element, the main highlight, the best quality of, you know, Guardian of the Sacred Spirit is the relationship the main character and the prince builds. I don't mean relationship in that way. I just mean relationship in the sense of, you know, friendship. Because obviously he's a young prince. She's a, he's about, I don't know, 28, we'll say. I'm not sure what the age group is, but it's more like a mother-son type of relationship that they build over time. And the journeys that they go on, it's an adventure series, so they go on a lot of journeys, they meet a lot of people, they go to a lot of different places. And while she's trying to protect him, she has to fight off, you know, swordsmen and people who are basically trying to shut her down and get in the way just because they're ignorant and they don't know what's going on and they're doing their job, you know, at least in their eyes. There's a lot of different elements to it. There is some historical vibes going on there in Guiding of the Sacred Spirit. It's also a supernatural series, which is tied to the name itself, which I'm not going to spoil, obviously. It's also one of the few shows with a female character that fights with a spear, which makes it pretty different for a main character anyway. She's a strong character, though. Her name's Balsa Yonza. That's the main female character of the show, you know, besides um, besides the main character. Yeah, Balsa Yonza is a really strong, strong main character. When I say strong, I'm talking about personality, how she is, who she is, her story, and how she carries herself, her independence, you know, how how much inner strength she has, the kind of life she's lived. Really solid character, really memorable character. And among the so many 
mediocre, you know, everyday anime characters, male or female. Balsa is definitely one who stands out from the crowd and there's just no way you could watch the show without at least feeling some type of connection for the main character, her struggles and just enjoying her whole character and what she represents. So that's the last anime I recommend, Guardian of the Sacred Spirit. In fact, I'm going to recommend a few more, but I'm not going to speak on them. So My Bride is a Mermaid, If It Was For My Daughter, Scrap Princess, Eureka 7, Full Metal Panic, Slayers, Flying Witch, Tanaka Kun is Always Listless, Aria the Animation, Chrono Crusade, Hellgirl, Shiki, School Live. Make sure you check all of them out. You know, drop the ones that you don't like and watch the ones that you do like. But those anime, I feel, are some of the most underrated anime that exist. You know, out of the, I don't know, out of the 10 to 12,000 anime shows that actually exist in the industry. There's about that. 10 to 12,000 anime shows when you count them all up together. Out of all those shows, some of these, well, all of these, in my opinion, are underrated. So check them out. They're not very known. Some of them are a little older than others, so the designs might not be what you're used to. In some cases, they will. But like I said, drop what you don't like, watch what you do like. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. My name is J. Ellis. You can check out animemotivation.com. And stay blessed and stay safe. You know, with all this corona going on, just enjoy yourself. Enjoy some anime. Watch some new anime that I haven't watched, that I recommended. Make sure you stay blessed.